0: Welcome to the British Continental Podcast, the show shining a light on stories about British bike racing teams and riders at the domestic level.
1: Hello and welcome to the British Continental Podcast. I'm Denny Gray and in today's episode we'll be bringing you audio dispatches from Colin Sturgis, Oscar Onley, Matthew Tegart and Steve Lampier, as they reflect on how Stage 1 at the 2022 Tour of Britain went and what Stage 2 holds in store. Stage 1 covered 181.3 kilometres from Aberdeen to Glenshee's ski centre and took in 2,516 metres of elevation. The weather was grim, so grim in fact that the conditions delayed the live TV coverage for 90 minutes. While we were waiting for pictures to appear, a five-rider break formed of UNO-X pro cycling rider Martin Urienstad, with Sun God duo Jake Scott and Matt Taggart, and the human-powered health pairing of Matt Gibson and Stephen Bassett. Gibson, of course, was a teammate of Scott and Taggart earlier this year until his mid-season switch to human-powered health. The Quintet were out front for much of the day, enjoying a lead of up to five minutes at one point. Bassett took the Skoda King of the Mountains jersey, while Taggart picked up the SportsBreaks.com Sprints jersey, while Gibson won the Iden Combativity Award. The five made it until the higher slopes of the climb up to the glenshee ski centre. Trinity Racing's Tom Glogue then made a jump, catching the break and briefly threatening to go away before the bunch reeled everyone in with 1.6 kilometres to go. As the peloton closed in on the finish, Ineos Grenadier's Omar Frehili struck out first, but Israel Premier Tech's Corbin Strong timed his sprint to perfection to take his first pro win and with it the leader's jersey. Tom Pitcock was the highest placed Brit in fifth, while well, our diarist Oscar Onley, just 19 of course, finished an impressive 8th in the reduced bunch finish. With Sun God's Irish road race champion Rory Townsend, was the best placed domestic team rider in 13th. Stage 2 starts in Hoik and finishes in Duns. It covers just over 175 and seventy-five kilometres and features three punchy climbs in the final 30 kilometres, which should make for some aggressive racing in the closing stages. Right, with the race update all wrapped up, let's hear from our diarists. First up, we hear from Oscar Onley, who enjoyed a very successful day despite the filthy weather conditions.
2: Stage one today, we went from Aberdeen to Glenshee Ski Centre. It was a pretty grim day for the first few hours. It was quite heavy rain, a lot of standing water on the road, and <clears throat> yeah, it was it was quite a steady day. Uh, nothing. Nothing really major happened, just one pace, one line all day. And, uh, yeah, I think as a team we rode really well. And, uh, yeah, the boys were really uh, supportive of me in the final and let me uh, try in the sprint. And it put me in a perfect position uh, with about a K to go. But then I made a small mistake and uh, so I couldn't go for... A, a better result but yeah top 10 still still quite a good uh result from for the first day here and yeah good uh place in the gc for the coming stages i think uh yeah i'm really excited for tomorrow uh, home stage and also the weather looks a bit better so it'll be nice I can uh show the boys that scotland doesn't always rain so that'll be nice and yeah just at the hotel now, uh, somewhere in Edinburgh. Uh, it's quite a nice hotel. It's quite fancy. It's uh, Yeah, it looks nice. And yeah, another long transfer down to Hoyke in the morning before the stage. And I guess another long transfer after the stage again. But yeah, it's worth it to uh, go from Aberdeen to the Owl White. Then it's going to be long journeys in between stages.
1: Thank you, Oscar, and let's hope your good start augurs well for the rest of the tour. Next up, we hear from Colin Sturgis, who needs little introduction. He describes what was a so-so day for the team in the end and sets out the plan for stage two. Hi, good
3: evening. Uh, This is Colin Sturgis, the Sports Director of Ribble Worldside Pro Cycling, and this is... My second diary entry in the Tour Britain Diaries, um, and this is a recap of Stage 1, uh, which went from Aberdeen to the top of Glenshee Ski Centre. Um, grand total of 181 kilometres. And, um, yeah, it was raced pretty hard. Um, long old day in the chair four and a half hours, um, and not in the best of weather conditions. Um, obviously we, you know, always check for the weather conditions and you brief riders and whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't make it any easier. Uh, you know, we get a bit damp in the team car, but the poor guys, uh, on the bikes get absolutely drenched and dirty and, you know, end up having to suck water out of their microphones to make them work um that's a nod to harry by the way but um yeah how did it go for us um not great not badly um pretty disappointed in the result not disappointed with my riders at all uh i think we rode well as a unit well as a team the only issue is we got very little out of it um Ross was in the move of the day The five man move that uh, actually went Ross was one of the first two or three to go Was in that move Um, Looked like it was going to stick And then his saddle came loose um, Which you can never legislate for Um, But yeah, so um, poor Ross basically dropped out of the the break of the day uh, Which left five riders out the front who stayed basically right until the uh, final few kilometres. So, yeah, a bit of a shame because we missed, um, you know, missed a big opportunity for, for well, for Ross as a rider, but also for the team to get some TV time and uh, have a crack at the sprints, you know. Um, yeah, very, very unlucky, um, and you've just got to take it on the chin. Uh, I hate saying that because... It makes it sound quite trite, and it isn't. Uh, for a rider, um, you know, had something like that happen in a Jersey, well, you know, God knows where that leads to. So, yeah, unlucky. Um, the rest of the guys rode well. Uh, a couple of bike changes, nature of the beast. Charlie had a an issue. Um, Harry had a puncture. Red, poor bugger, had a. Front wheel puncher on a descent, managed to put his foot out, sort of steady himself and unknowingly ripped the front of his um, Shimano cleat off and then spent the next couple of minutes trying to figure out why he kept pulling his foot out. Um, So thankfully um, one of the lads had a spare pair of shoes in the car. So another stop, quick shoe change uh, and off he went. Uh, got him back on um, But you know After a fairly long chase uh, He was pretty goosed um, So He did what he could for the boys uh, And then very wisely Just sat up on the uh, The final slopes Of the uh, final climb um, But yeah Full credit to the kid You know He he, he got stuck in um, And full credit to the rest of them You know It wasn't a bad day As I said um, Yeah So we're In Edinburgh after uh, a couple of hours transferred down from the ski station um, and passed some absolutely stunning scenery. Um, Dave, my mechanic, took the uh, the reins of the team car, Give me a little bit of time just to chill, do a little bit of work, um, and formulate some ideas for tomorrow and the rest of the uh, couple of days coming. Um, but yeah, absolutely stunning up here. Um, it's not a place I've been all that often. Uh, Edinburgh I have sort of a couple of times. But uh yeah. Tomorrow, what does it hold? Well, um another hard day. Um let's face it, there's no there's no gifts in this uh in this tour. There's no well, there's no gifts in bike riding, you know, it's not a tickling contest. So tomorrow we've got uh the stage from right, you're gonna have to Forgive my pronunciation here, but apparently it's hoik. But I look at it and go, it's Hawick to duns. Um, so, yeah, I'm sorry. Those that are absolutely cringing at my semi-Australian, South African English accent getting the pronunciations completely and utterly wrong. I mean, you'll just have to put up with it if you want to listen to this. So, yeah, 170-odd um, <laughs> kilometres... Um 175.2 to be precise. Um and some late category three hills, um, three sprints, um, and yeah, a pretty grippy day. Um, there's a fair few unclassified climbs. Um, which will just put a bit of pressure on the guys. Um again, what are we gonna do? Well, sorry to say, you know, we're gonna try again, we're just gonna have a look. See what's happening um, You know, a couple of the jerseys now taken So that sort of takes a little bit of pressure off um, But we're still going to, you know, try to get a rider and a break Let's see how we go um, The final, you know, if um, if Finn and Zeb can get over the last climb Which is Harden's Hill It's about a K and a half at a, close to 6% Um and it's pretty much just a downhill run into Duns, Dunn's. Um, so, you know, we'll be doing all we can. We'll get the Tamfields on the front like today. Uh, we'll get Ross shepherding things. Um, Red doing his best to get over these climbs and give the guys, you know, a big turn towards the end. If he can get in front of Charlie and and Harry uh, to give, you know, Finn that final burst towards the sprint, then, you know, all well and good. So, yeah, um... I guess I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, I've still got a fair bit to do. Um, We were reasonably late getting to the hotel and there was a bit of a, let's let's face it, there was a bit of a balls up with the rooms. So, um, yeah, we're (laughs) quite a way behind schedule. Um, So I'm going to go and do my thing and um, leave you until tomorrow evening uh, with a bit of a recap and overview. Um and yeah. Um tonight's tunes, we've got Solomon playing at a um, boiler room session. I can't remember actually, it's quite old, it's twenty fifteen or something. But uh do like a bit of Solomon. Um so yeah, there you go. Anyway, enjoy hooray.
1: And hooray to you too, Colin. One of the stars of stage one was with Sun God's Matt teggert who featured in the day long break and took the Sprints jersey in the process. We armed Ollie Gray with not quite factually correct questions to put to the Irishman.
4: Sorry, Ollie. Big day today. Um, two riders in the break for the team. Was that the plan? Yeah, I
5: think so, pretty much. Um, at least one of us to get on the break anyway. Uh, the plan was definitely to have representation up there and go for a jersey or put ourselves in the position where we could later challenge for a jersey. So. Um, yeah, it went perfectly. The brake went pretty early. As soon as the flag dropped, really, or as soon as we hit kilometre zero, um, we were going along the coast, and there was a little big crosswind from coming off the sea. So it just all sort of lined out in the crosswinds, and then there was a couple of roundabouts, I think, um, and it just sort of started to split out of the roundabouts. I think everyone was a bit hesitant in yeah. the first few corners, not knowing how grippy the roads were. Yeah. And there was a few splits from the front um, to the front, like I was right at the front starting, so we pretty much just rode off and then I seen we had a small wee gap and then Jim actually arrived, so myself, Jake um, and Jim was actually there as well for about two or three minutes, um, with another like five guys, but then on some stage they must have just let the wheel go, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Obviously because me and Jake were there, Jim would have been happy to let us go. To let it roll away, yeah. Yeah, let it roll. So. Um, I didn't see what's happening. I did my turn and just was coming to the back again, and they weren't there anymore.
0: Cool. So okay. it was
5: just the five of us, and then from there, yeah, we we just were pretty pushed hard
4: on. To get a, yeah, yeah. Get a good gap, and then once you've got that gap, and once you established yourselves, what was the um, what was the strategy between you and Jake? Did you have a conversation about how you were going to plan sprints and comms? Like, was that was that conversational, or did you just kind of let it play out on the road? Like,
5: well, uh, it was more. I think I'm. Um, i'm a wee bit quicker than jack would be certainly on a flat sprint so uh that was definitely the best way to do it and tim sort of called it on the radio mm-hmm. he's like all right let's do there, so make sure you know have a go for both so i would i would have more of a crack at the the points jersey and spot for the for the kms
4: yeah so just leaning um, into what you're naturally good at yeah
5: exactly cool. so it, it seemed to it seemed to work work pretty yeah. well like on
4: spot um, and nobbed a few points off gibson there for me as well yeah and um i mean you must be pretty happy with that with how it panned out did you enjoy enjoy the day up the road uh,
5: i'm not sure if i enjoyed it or not <laughs> those conditions aren't yeah good. yeah
4: when i was driving in between the start and finish there was a couple of bits where it really yeah. it got to the point where i was like you can't really be racing bikes in there no. um was it that bad yeah, where was, you were well, it's,
5: that's definitely not my cup of tea. anyway those conditions Yeah. Um, I. I would rather it be 40 degrees than 4 degrees, um, <laughs> yeah. so uh, straight away when I seen the weather like even last night we were chatting and um, I was like yeah that's a day to be in the break because it's easier to keep warm and um, and you're out of all the mess and the corners behind
4: them avoiding crashes and all that there. Yeah and it sounds like there are a few of those as yeah. well right? Yeah so. exactly,
5: there's even a crash in our group as well to be fair.
4: Yeah 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 we saw that. So what are the plans now, looking ahead in terms of defending the jersey? Is it just a case of just trying to get yourself up the road and and establish an early lead, or are there particular stages that you've looked at that you think would suit you better? Or Is it just just try and go every day? Or
5: yeah, I suppose um, the best way would just to be try and go with all the breaks from now on. Um, that'll definitely be the plan going forward. There's no point getting up the road today and getting in the jersey and then just letting it go now, letting yeah. it away. So I think between me and Jack, we both have points. Like I'm not far off the KM jersey as well now, and he and Jake's obviously not far off the points jersey as well. So um, between the two of us, I think we'll uh, we'll definitely try and get up the road again, whether it's tomorrow or not, or oh, a bit further down down the line. Then we'll see. Obviously, it's day one; still seven days to go, so a lot of racing still to be done. So, yeah,
4: you've kind of just um, you've set the tone for the next seven days for yourself, right? Yeah. You've got to have to go to sleep thinking like, well, yeah. I know what I got to do tomorrow morning, right? Yeah um so this is your second tour of britain how much do you think you've changed as a rider since oh it's your third Third. okay i've been misled by my question Uh i apologize uh but your last one was in 2018 right so that's a fair while ago like how have you changed much as a rider since then um since that
5: um i'd say i'm still the same type of rider i think my style hasn't changed anything like also i was in the the sprints jersey in 2018 as well for like five days so i'm still the same type of rider but i'm definitely a lot more rounded and a lot stronger now um i used to to struggle with the distance and with the engine as as they talk about um whereas the last sort of a couple of years i've, I've worked hard to, on, on that in training so mm-hmm. i feel I'm, I'm a lot lot stronger now and for example if like a break was to go to the line after a real tough day i would i would back myself a lot more than before whereas yeah, twenty eighteen. Um, I was in a in a break that went to the line, but I got dropped out of the break. Okay. You know, I, mean, I only had like hundred and fifty k in my legs, and then I started to to fall away. whereas
4: now you was, just back yourself? Up yeah. To be able to go yeah. again, kind of thing. Now I have a bit more depth. Cool. Um, and then lastly, obviously, you've had a pretty good season this year, particularly um over in Ireland. What are your what are your racing ambitions beyond the Tour of Britain and looking ahead into next season? uh yeah obviously there's not too much left after
5: a Mm. but um hopefully we'll carry good form in the last couple of races of the season there should be two or three races left um in Belgium I think so hopefully go well there and then yeah that should set up uh hopefully a big year next year as well any particular aims for next year right now are you not really thinking that far ahead no I don't think you can really think that that far ahead yeah cycling is so unpredictable and so uh yeah, you just, you, I don't know what, what what's going to happen next year, what way it's going to play out with, with, with Tim or the team, what the calendar's going to be, what sort of races I'll be doing. Well, it'll be similar to this year or a lot bigger races. So, um, yeah, I think I'll sit down and have a chat with Tim
4: or whatever um, in October and, and see what the plans are then for the following year. Cool. All right, Matt. Thanks very much. All the best for the, the rest of the race ahead. Um, back over to you, Denny. Um, and I'm going to jump off now and immediately just go and Google when Teg's first tour of Britain was. <laughs> 2017. 2017. All right, he nice. You won a
5: little bit of
4: 2017, then I think it was Wiggins 2018. Ah, okay. Two cool. Nice one. Cheers, Matt. Sorry again, Ollie, for overlooking
1: Matt's first tour of Britain in 2017. Definitely our mistake, that one. Good to hear a heavy hint, though, that Matt will continue with Whips on God into 2023. Last up today is St. Piran manager Steve Lampier, who describes a very eventful day in the team car, including a near-miss car crash. Dramatic stuff.
0: Uh, stage one of the Tour of Britain was, yeah, eventful, to say the least, for the St. Piran lads. So starting from the top, just out of neutral Jack Rootkin gray, unfortunately punctured and, but you know, the break went pretty early. So we just took a time, cruised up. Um, and then he got another bike and came back again. And then after about probably 20 K, um, Alex Richardson came back, wanted to play around with saddle height for some reason. Uh, th- that guy's always fettling with something on his bike, came back and, um, was, was just in the convoy for so long and the conversation was getting real knocked off of us to be honest um he was up and down like a yo-yo we were we were up and down up and down up and down and then cooper sayers had some di2 issues which was really really bizarre so he was up and down the convoy again and just yeah a little bit of a mayhem to start with and then we thought yeah you know the race is chilled now you know the guys, unfortunately, didn't get in the breakaway, although Adam got very, very close to it. So we just thought, right, well, you know, think of think of the climb. We kind of half decided to go for it, but, you know, thought kind of, you know, we've got better days to come for us. So we just see how everyone is on the climb, really without expending too much petrol. So we uh, got ourselves, well, the team got ourselves in a, you know, a reasonable position, you can see from the television. Uh, you know looking after looking after one and all really, and they put themselves in a in a in a great position and you know, no no result to speak off of at the end but yeah, I mean for me personally as a as a sports director that was um yeah, an eventful day with what was going on, but then more to come really with my bad luck the we were called up to service a rider so it was going up there and it was like a slight downhill and I'm not sure how it happened, but we had a front wheel, front tyre blowout, and yeah, just was had no control of the car, so the car was sliding, um, and unfortunately, there was a Bardiani car parked just on the apex of the corner, servicing one of their riders, who unfortunately crashed, and it was on a slippy bit of road as well, so I just had zero control, and I had. I don't know how I managed to do it, but I put it between a wall and the car, or their body iron the car, maybe speak to them tomorrow, give them a few beers, there's a few few tiny little scratches on their car, but no damage, no one was injured, unfortunately, um, which was my, you know, always worry yourself in those situations, I mean, I've been driving for 20 something years and never had a crash, so... Yeah, I was uh yeah, very very lucky that no one got injured, but still not great, you know. It doesn't look good when you when you crash a team car, does it? So yeah. I'll um I'll have to speak very nicely to the boss tonight. But that no, all good. now all to play for for tomorrow, really. So we've got tomorrow's a hard, grippy finale. We've we rode part of that last year actually, on the stage of finished into um, Edinburgh and but we would do yeah the um and we reconned it when the tour series was um in around this area as well so yeah we've got we've got options for for tomorrow which would be exciting to see how that plays out cool take it easy cheers mate bye that's it for today's show thanks again for listening and enjoy stage two
1: Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please do leave us a nice review. You can subscribe on all the usual channels and you can follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at British Conti and on Instagram, we are at the British Continental. And please do visit our website for more interviews, journals, previews and news at thebritishcontinental.co.uk.